0: Life's better with some good company. You're listening to The Good Co. Podcast with Brett and Emma. Discuss the hot topics, the hard ones, and everything in between. Here's The Good Co. Podcast with your hosts, Brett and Emma. Hey, welcome
1: back to The Good Co. Podcast. We hope that you find some good company here. My name is Brett and her name is Emma.
2: Family vacation season is coming to a bit of an end. Most people take their vacations in the summertime, but my family, we just took one And we rented out.
1: I did that too. I I just got back from one.
2: Oh, your family took a vacation? Yeah. Okay, but mine was like all of my cousins and my whole extended family too. Like it wasn't. Yeah, same. Okay. Well, mine, we like rented a big house and we all stayed in it together. No way. I did that same thing. All right. Listen here. Brett has hijacked my family. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he came on this trip with us because, well, he married my cousin. Best so. decision I ever made. Let me just
1: say that. I got an amazing, <laughs> so sweet of a wife. And I got a, an amazing extended family uh, as well.
2: We're so glad you come. Well, I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I've already canceled quite a few plans this week because I'm tired. But I'm always tired. But I'm also a little sick right now. I'm wondering, do you think I should cancel my plans tonight? Or do you think I'm being lazy and should do them? So here's what I think.
1: You you go somewhere, you clone yourself, you make that that Emma a, a super Emma.
2: Right. Super Emma can do everything. Zero,
1: zero lack of energy in that super emma, okay? Yes. You send I love that super person emma. to go do everything else. You just end up going home and resting. <laughs> I think
3: that's I what I think that's like what should do.
2: <laughs> what I don't understand is people be like, try to prioritize 7 hours of sleep every night. Look, if I don't get 10 and a half <laughs> hours of sleep every night, I'm crazy.
1: So I was I was kind of thinking the same thing. My wife and I are kind of on the same boat. She like requires like 3 or 4 hours more than yes, I do. I every need an insane night.
2: amount of sleep. I relate to her. Do women need more sleep than men?
1: <laughs> oh. Yes, so, yes they do. The long and short answer, yes. But here's why, is because when you look at females, and especially hormones, compared to male hormones, female hormones need more time to help rebuild and repair and restore and go through conversion and metabolism where male hormones do not and so women really do need to ideally get more or more about eight to ten hours of sleep they should be in bed between nine to ten p.m. because that's when the adrenals tank out that's when hormonal reserves start to rebuild and repair and if you stay up longer past that you do two things you deplete the time your hormones get to restore and you also create more stress on your adrenals you drive your cortisol levels up which then has an impact on progesterone and other hormone production. So there it is.
2: That makes me feel like I'm not crazy. That's
1: from a doctor, a clinically proven doctor.
2: I love that. I'm going to get 10 hours of sleep tonight (laughs)
1: and and not feel bad about it. I still function just fine off of five. (laughs) So Emma and I realized that you might be listening to this podcast with maybe some little ears around. If not, and you're just enjoying it for yourself, this podcast will be great for you. But we just want you to know that there's just some content that isn't suitable for younger ears all the
2: time. It's an awesome podcast, but it does talk about a redemption story. And so there's a lot of talks of drug use and other things like that. So if you or whoever you're with can't or doesn't want to listen to that, it's okay if you tune out right now.
1: But we both want you to know that this story is extremely powerful. It's a necessary story. And this is the kind of stuff that Jesus does on the daily.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: If you're enjoying all the good company right now, would you consider rating the podcast and leaving a review? And just maybe your comment or question could end up on the next podcast.
1: So today on the Good Co podcast, we are sitting down with a guy that I met a little over a year ago now at a men's conference that our radio station puts on called Get in the Game Conference for Men. And um, this guy, he's got a heart for Jesus like very few people that I've ever experienced. His name is Justin Fehrenbrook, and he is the founder and kind of the visionary of kingdom fire ministries justin thank you for being with us man
3: hey thanks for having me on it's an honor every time i get to go on and share the good news of what god's done in my life it's Mm -hmm. always a good day
2: amen to that i'm excited to hear a little bit more about your ministry but first i kind of want to hear a little bit about your story and kind of what led you to where you are now what led you to taking this path
3: yeah yeah so um I could go way back you know i don't want to share all of my testimony um but i'll share just the the parts that i believe holy spirit wants to bring out yeah. so on. um you know i was raised you know in a um in a home where my mom and dad went around um, my grandparents ended up adopting me mm. and uh, taking me in and they they put me into church at a very young age and so mm. i knew a lot about jesus um <laughs> baptized lutheran you know i knew a lot about jesus and i had that great foundation growing up I always had this question in my life you know i always wondered you know why am i different than my peers you know how come they got a mom and dad in their life but i don't mm-hmm. and uh, so these questions just started to you know, you know go on my mind and as i was growing up i guess i didn't think of it a whole lot until you know when i was 11 years old my grandfather had passed away from cancer mm-hmm. and uh, that really took a toll on me he was yeah, my father figure in my life you know um and so from the 11 till about 15 i was still kind of confused didn't really understand um a lot of things on why things were happening but you know, I got to I still went to church still still believed in Jesus still, you know, I always believed in Jesus, you know. Um, but when I was 15, I started to go to school, started to get peer pressured by some of the kids at school. And, you know, they started out with just marijuana and they just said, hey, you know, why don't you try a little bit of marijuana? And I knew going to church. I'm like, you know, I'm going to stay away from marijuana. Sure. I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. And so I said no. And then I went to school the next day and they said the same thing. And I said no again. And then it came at me again and I said no again and finally I just looked around and I said, man, I see all these kids and they're all doing it. And so peer pressure kind of got to me and I said, well, I'm going to try this stuff, you know, and that the buzz that I got made all of the feelings about my dad and my grandfather and everything just kind of went away Mm. for that when I was high, Uh you know, everything started to go away. Well, you know, that only lasted for about an hour and then I had to have it again. and so. You know i got into the cycle and a lot of people say well marijuana is not a gateway drug um for me this is our my story and this is what god told me to share is that this is how i started out down my road of addiction i wanted to try something else i wanted to try something else that would get me buzzed up and get my feelings out you know and, and not have to feel the pain of of dealing with my loss of my grandfather and the pain of not having a mom or dad and being different and so i started drinking just a little bit of alcohol at that time Went from marijuana to alcohol, and then after about two years of doing alcohol, that wasn't doing it anymore, so I started to do any drug you can find. From there, it just kept going downhill. You know, I, mm-hmm. I liked the idea. I, I thought that, you know, that the the buzz of the painkillers was covering up this pain that actually I was having in my heart, <laughs> that I never sure. fully allowed Jesus to come into my heart. I always believed in Him, but I was never fully surrendered. I never really gave it all to Him. I always just knew about Jesus. You know, I always thought that God was this God somewhere up in the sky, and you know, he didn't really care about me because I honestly, I think I was harboring feelings towards God about my grandfather, you Mm. know, passing away thinking it was God's fault. Mm. And, uh, you know, it started out as a habit, you know, and I think a lot of us, what we do is we think, you know, we can control this, you know, I can control, I can quit whenever I want. Mm. And a lot of addictions, they start out as just habits. You know, I didn't come out to be a full blown addict at first, I felt like it was just a habit that I had. Well, that bad habit, at some point, you know, it ended up turning on me. And when I wanted to quit doing the drugs, well, I couldn't quit anymore because the addiction had now got a hold of me to the point where, if I tried to quit, my body would go through these things called withdrawals.
1: Yeah. So that substance abuse became uh, yeah. a very big part of your your younger life, and it and it started um, smaller substance abuse, and then it it kind of gradually grew into to something that was really consuming your life. So then. After after all that happened, where did the where did the change come in? Um, where did where did God grip you and and how did you overcome that addiction?
3: When my daughter was born, you know, I, I ended up getting married, ended up having a kid. Because I'm a functioning addict. I mean, I went to work full time. I was, you know, there's the thing, man. My addiction since I started out small and kept gradually working my way up. I was a functioning addict. And so you would never know. Sure. People knew, but, you know, uh, you would never know looking at me that I was an addict. You know, I I function fully. You you take a little bit to start, but then your body has to have more and more and more and more. And by the time you know it, man, you're in a full fledged addiction. Well, after about. You know 10 years my wife's finally like man listen this is not what i married this is not what i signed up for and um you know it just got to the point where i looked at my daughter one day and i i always you know i always believed in god and so i believed in god i believed in jesus i just wasn't ever fully living for him and i never really fully surrendered myself to say you know i want to live for god all the way you know i was just kind of saying i was kind of using jesus as an insurance policy sure. you know i was saying well i want to go to heaven one day but i don't want to live the life here on earth now you know so I always just had this idea that, you know, I was just going to use him to get to heaven one day. And, um, you know, I found out that with that type of thinking, it, it got me caught in this drug addiction. And um, I remember my wife one day just, you know, telling me like, you know, this is this has got to quit. You got to stop. And I remember looking at my wife and asking God, how am I ever going to quit this? You know, I'm asking God, how can I quit these drugs? And I remember looking at my daughter one day in the face. And I remember I'll never forget. I looked at her and this thought came to me and said, first of all, I don't want to lose my family because I grew up without a mom and dad. And so that was the main thing. Like, I didn't want to lose my family. I didn't want my daughter to grow up without a dad. I didn't want her to grow up in a broken home that I grew up in. And I definitely didn't want her to date a guy like me. And it just hit me one day. I remember looking at my daughter in the face going, I just don't want her to find a man like me. Hmm. And that moment was the moment that I decided that I got to do something. Something's got to change. Sure. And, um, for a year, I struggled, you know, guys, I struggled saying, God, I, I want to get out of this. And I just didn't know how to get out. I mean, I was trying. I went to church. You know, I thought that it was just. I kept going to church thinking that going to church was going to get me out of this drug addiction. Now, going to church was teaching me about Jesus. And that was phenomenal. But I had to actually apply some of the things that I was being taught. Totally. And, yep. And, you know, I'll never forget a testimony it came on YouTube, popped up on my phone. And there was this guy, I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard of him called Todd White. You ever heard of mm-hmm. Todd White? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I heard this testimony of this guy with these dreadlocks, and I'm like, this guy does not look like a Christian at all, but he caught my attention. <laughs> and you know what, I'm, I'm listening to his story, and he shares about how he was a 22-year drug addict and how God radically delivered him from this sure. drug addiction. come on. And I'm like, and something hit, I'm like, if God did it for him, God, you can do that for me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I started to like really dig into it, even though I was listening to what he was saying, and some of the stuff he was saying was really deep for what I was understanding, but it gave me enough hope to say, Well, if he did it for him, then then I believe he can do it for me. Yeah. This all happened in the same week. My car broke down. My other car broke down. My dryer broke down. My daughter <laughs> and my second daughter was born at this time and she was born with, uh, she had food allergies. She was allergic to, uh, she was allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, wheat, soy, uh, gluten peas. Oh, she was allergic goodness. to everything, man. Yeah. Like all she could eat was white rice. And so she had a bite of a carrot cake one day and had no idea, the person who gave it to her didn't know she was allergic to peanuts. Sure. Well, that day her face swelled up to the size of a balloon and I thought she was gonna die. And so I'm holding her in my arm, and I'm I'm praying, saying, "God, heal my daughter, heal my daughter, save my daughter." You know, and I I got to watch my daughter's face go from like the size of a balloon back down to just normal size. Wow, and that was a miracle. And I'm yeah. like, God Amen. definitely yeah. intervened. Praise And God. so that that happened the very next day. I had my other daughter had some stuff going on with her. She had a bad tooth pain, and the the very next day, my wife's telling me she's going to leave me. And I'm at I'm at Bell Tire parking lot trying to get my car fixed because my car's broken down. I'm at Bell Tire parking lot and this thought comes to me that you know what you can't do this anymore. Just end it all. Mm. And I'm sitting there in the Belteria parking lot, and I remember, I'll never forget this, guys, I was, no one else was around, no one else was watching, my car was getting fixed. I got on my knees in the middle of a Terrier parking lot here in Saginaw, and I cried out. And I said, God, if you really are who you say you are, I said, God, I will live for you for the rest of my life. If you can save me from this mess that I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm giving it all to you right now. And man, that moment in my life, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ in a way I've never encountered oh. him before. Oh my goodness! I got up like something like lightning shot through me. I got up and I just knew I was free. I Come knew on. I was like, I'm free. I, was, I said, "Oh my goodness, Jesus, you're real!" and and I started to tell everybody, started to tell the mechanics, and they're like, "What, dude? You're kind of crazy." I'm like, "No, <laughs> you know," I'm like, "Jesus is real." And so, you know, I went back. I started to tell everybody, and the, from that moment on, the the addiction was completely snapped over my life. A uh. 14 year drug addiction. And so from that day, this was almost five years ago. I've been drug free for almost five years now. Wow, I mean, praise God. but I think it really took me crying out and giving it all to God. I mean, I had to surrender it all. And so what I tell people now is like, God did his part. When I cried out, I meant it. And mm-hmm. I said, God, I'll give you everything. I'll do everything for you. Now my life is no longer mine. Like. You know, like Paul says, it's no longer yeah. I that live, it's Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. I said, So now God, I gotta do my part and I gotta go out and share with the whole world the good news because hallelujah, you know. And so this has been five years, and so that's kind of how it all started. I've been drug-free and just going and said wherever God wants me to go. So so the love of God
1: um gripped you in that one moment, and so then I've always heard this saying: the love of God propels us to, to share it with people, and so uh tell us a little bit about Kingdom Fire Ministries. How did that come to be? And what are you doing right now? And and kind of also your heart for, for Michigan.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, man. So after that, I mean, I, I got to shorten this up for you guys, but there were some radical, miraculous things. So real quick, my daughter ended up, so I went back home. And just so, I mean, and we're going to get to, I promise you, I'll get to it. I went back home so on fire for Jesus. Hmm. I mean, I started telling my wife, I told my whole family, I told my pastor, I told everybody, man. And and so i just you know i'm radical i get it i was i was radically saved i was radically delivered and so i prayed for my daughter one night for her to be healed of her food allergies overnight completely healed all of her food allergies
2: wow praise god yeah
3: and i was That's like awesome whoa like this is amazing so i just kept going and and so i mean and she still to this day we have doctors we have it all all documented i mean we can show you guys all the reports from before <laughs> and then all the reports oh. after the doctors are astounded i told him it's god it's jesus man he really is who he says he is And anyway so from that moment you know i just said man god is real he's a miracle working god he's a miracle worker and so god i said god i don't have any money i know you want me to be a minister i don't know how i'm gonna do this but lord i'll do whatever you want me to do and so i had this thought that he wanted me to do tent revivals and Mm. it was right in the middle of COVID. it was like june 2020 (laughs) and i got this thought and i thought it was god and i'm like god if i'm hearing you and you're telling me to do tent revivals i don't have a tent i don't i don't know how to do this i have no idea." But I said, God, if it's something that you want, I know that you're going to provide it. And wouldn't you know, two days later, I got a phone call from a pastor who said, God spoke to me and told me to give you a tent. Come on. (laughs) What? I said, what? I said, a tent? I said, me? And he said, yeah. And then... (laughs) Not only that, he gave me the tables, the chairs, the trailer, he gave me everything to do tent revivals in the middle of, so I said, okay, God, I guess this is you, and got a couple friends together, I didn't know what I was doing, I just knew that I had a story, and I knew that Jesus was real, and I knew the gospel, and the power of the gospel to set people free, and so, I just started to go out. We put tent revivals up in the fields. In 2020, we just put them up in the random fields, and people started coming because you know during COVID the buildings were shutting down, and you know it was kind of a weird situation for everybody. But open air preaching, people felt more safe, you know. So sure. underneath of a tent, without the walls, they're like, "Well, we can come, separate six feet, and still listen to the gospel." Totally. And so I got to share my story, and we went from I mean six different cities in 2020. We did tent revivals. I think one in Sturgis, one in Saginaw, one in Midland. We went to the Sault Ste. Marie, the Upper Peninsula, wow. just wherever the Lord was opening doors, you know. And so we we just did it. And then 2021, we did it again. We did seven more, tent, I think it was six more tent revivals in 2021. Uh, we went back to different cities and we just kept going, man. I mean, every step of the way, we just said, Lord, we're going to go and and. We believe that you're faithful. And so we kept, you know, we've we seen a lot of souls. We get one to Christ. Mm. One of our main things was we wanted to make sure to evangelize because that's the sure. one thing that the Lord put on my heart was that you need to go and preach the gospel. So we yeah. did tent revivals, we go into the cities, and we'd preach the gospel, and I was training people how to evangelize, how to share the love of Christ with other people, you know, and and meet people where they're at, because like for me, I was an addict. I mean, I was an addict for 14 years, and I tell people like, listen, God still loves the addict. God still loves the sinner mm. just as much as he loves the saint. It's yeah. just he doesn't love the sin, and so we need to show up and love these people into the kingdom. You know, yeah. it's the goodness of God that totally. leads men to repentance, yep. and so yep. share the goodness and help them to get out, and then, hey, there's a better way if you want a better way out i know the way his name is jesus man Amen. and then say it share again your testimony. say it again <laughs> anyway man so that's how it all started and then you know we just kept going from there we kept building on it and then in 2022 i started to partner with different churches and ministries and just you know just sharing my heart with the different pastors and because god started to really show me the need and the importance not of just getting people saved but also getting them plugged into a local church so they can be discipled <laughs> yeah you know yeah um so I started to work alongside with pastors. I started to work alongside with ministries and just, you know, come together to just to say, hey, we need to work together. The pastor and the evangelist, we can work together. You know, mm-hmm. come on. I'll go out. I'll catch the fish. You clean them up. You know, <laughs> Jesus is the one that cleans them. But, you know, the pastor yeah, can be the one the to discipleship, kind of help them. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah that's that's really
2: cool so you you talked some about how you trained people in evangelism how did you initially start did someone like come along and help train you or did you just like go for it and trial and error and sometimes it was bad sometimes it was good how did that look
3: yeah so um so what i you know really how i kind of got trained is i i did go through a ministerial school in dallas i took an online school um it wasn't really on evangelism it was more on i mean it was kind of evangelism i guess it was more about just going out and proclaiming the good news of the gospel, sure. you know, and going out and not, and being bold, you know, it taught me about righteousness and how when I'm a new creation in Christ, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things pass away, all things become new. Yeah, And so the main thing was identity, you know, helping me understand my own identity in Christ. Because like I said before, all I knew was a drug addict. Well, now I, I pretty much traded my drug addiction for an addiction for Jesus. Amen, <laughs> that's <Come> good. I went from drug dealer to hope dealer, you know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, And so I just really just started to get into the Bible and read it. And I learned about identity and righteousness and just going out and and being bold for Jesus. And, you know, it was really, you know, I just got to stop and really die to what other people think about me. Really. You know, I mean, that's the main part of evangelism. That's the hardest part, I think, as Christians, is we always are wondering what these other people are going to think about us. So I had to just say, you know what? it doesn't matter what they think about me. I know what God's done in my life and I know that he's real and I know that I have a story to tell. That's good. And I have to go out and these other people, if they only knew the goodness of God, if they only knew that there was a better way, because I don't, you know, I tell people, I'm not special. Jesus is the special one and he lives in me. So Uh, yeah, I mean, really, I went through that. I went through a lot of just doing the tent revivals, to be honest with you, Emma, it was a lot of just trial and error. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so I'm, By the way i'm going on 10 years of marriage this year too praise praise god God. God. jesus restored my marriage we're over 10 years now yeah but my my wife always tells me she's always frustrated with me because she's like justin you just go and do it and i'm like yeah i don't know what i'm doing i just go forward (laughs) and i just figure it out as i go and god corrects me and guides me And i don't do everything right by any means and i'm still learning and growing just like everybody else but you know i just i I love god and i love people you know and i just know that i want to see people experience the their best life you know and i know that that life is a life with jesus
1: so what what would you say um as you've been traveling and and doing these tent revivals and evangelizing what do you think is uh, possibly a hang-up for a lot of people that you you've been encountering with with people as you're sharing the gospel and and how are you overcoming and, and and are you seeing the fruit right now are you are you reaping the harvest
3: man yes the number one, I'll tell you, man, for sure, number one, hands down, is the fear of man. Mm. Just like Come I said, it, it's so no true. doubt, it, it's the it's fear good. of man is the number one. You know, it's interesting to me, too, and, I, you know, the number two fears in, in the whole world, number one is fear of flying, and number <laughs> two is fear of public speaking. They both coincide with the sure. Great Commission, right? Go yeah. into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, isn't that interesting? Yeah. But you know, that is so I find that what I've learned, I said, Lord, you know, how can we get the people outside of the four walls? How can we get people outside of the building, outside of their comfort zone? Because the Holy Spirit is our comforter, yeah. right? So we have to be a little uncomfortable for the Holy <laughs> Spirit to kind of come in and do his job, right? Yeah. To comfort us. And so what I learned is that a lot of people are very scared to do one-on-one evangelism. And so what we do is we set up these outreaches and these, um, you know, I call it the herd mentality. <laughs> and so, you know, when you're in a herd of people, you don't look as crazy out there if there's a bunch of people out there doing it with you. True. And so, and and I understand that not everybody is evangelistically uh built the way i'm built you know like sure. i'm built in a way where i just love people like my wife is very leave me away from people and she loves people from afar yeah yeah but i'm like get me around as many people as possible totally. that's just you know but so so what i'm learning is that if we set up an outreach so we've been doing these things called pull over for prayers and so we started doing these back in 2020 and it's caught on it's actually catching fire throughout the whole state now i see them all over the whole nation instead they're starting to get out and I tell people, like, it's not that hard. It doesn't cost a lot of money. And so you just, we go to the dollar store and we get these signs that say, pull over for prayer. Or we get a sign that says, Jesus loves you. Or we get a sign that says, God bless America. Or, you know, what I do is I ask the people that I work with, I say, you pray about what it is that the Lord wants you to put on your sign. And we're going to go out onto the street corner, like Saginaw or Flint or any city, really. I anywhere saw you, where there's- I saw you yeah. here
1: in my hometown, literally a couple blocks from my house, dude. Here, import yeah, here on, you were at one of the, um, you were at one of the churches right down the road from where I live. And I, and I saw that. And that was, that was just incredible to me. And so that's, that's kind of what brought this whole thing back around and, um, and how I was able to kind of connect, reconnect with you again.
3: Come on, man. And so that day, so Brett, what's interesting about Port Huron. So here's the thing. So I I got with the pastor and they, and they said, Justin, I don't think we can do that. Our people's not ready. I said, listen, can you, can you grill a hot dog? And they said, (laughs) Yeah, I can grill a hot dog. I said, okay. well, if you're very uncomfortable talking to people, can you at least grill a hot dog? Yeah, Yeah. I can do that. Okay, And then I talked to the rest of the church and I said, can you hold up a sign and not do anything? Don't pray for anybody. Don't preach the gospel. Just hold up a sign that says Jesus loves you. Right. And so that day what we what happened, there was like 40 people. I mean, 40 or 50 <laughs> people showed up. I mean, man, everybody started to show because it's that herd mentality, because you don't feel as crazy when you're out there with a bunch of other people. Sure. Totally. And so with these type of outreaches, the people that aren't as comfortable talking to people, I'll put them in the back and say, Listen, can you cook a hot dog? Can you grill a hot dog? Because then there's actually still part of evangelism. Yeah. That, you know, and and the more that they do it, the more comfortable they get. They get around, like, because I'll pray for everybody. I'll pray for anything. I mean, you know, I'll pray for anything. So, like, I'll bring the people. I'll say, listen, you don't got to talk to anybody. You don't got to pray for anybody. Just come with me. Watch me and do what I, you know, just watch me and just be around what I do. And, and naturally, it's the it's 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 the Holy Spirit in them that want they they, they want to be involved. And so next thing you know, I pray for a couple people and I look over and there's a guy that wasn't going to talk to anybody. And all of a sudden. <laughs> He's holding up a sign and a car's honking at him, giving him the thumbs up and the feeling that you get. I mean, you know, cause I, I've talked to so many people and they say, you know, here's the one thing that I love about these pullover prayers. You know, they say, um, you know, I was just praying to God. There's a, there's a car, let's say this person, and there's a real story, real scenario for you in Flint, Michigan, we were in Flint. And we're standing on the side of the road that says, Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And we're, man, we're out in a hard part of Flint. And this lady hits the corner and she sees the sign and she stops and she pulls in for prayer and she says, I was on my way to go throw myself off the bridge mm. until I seen your sign. Mm. And she, oh my goodness, man, it 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 broke me because I'm like, that's the power of evangelism. I mean, yeah. you put yourself in a position for God to, to intercept Come the on. enemy's plans. Yeah. And they're like, I was just praying for a sign from God and I made a left and here I am and here you are with a sign you know and i'm like it's just that's to me that's the you know most fulfilling thing is you're helping people be reconnected back to god and helping them understand you know that god sees them and that he cares for them and Yeah, we all go through things in life, but that's why we need each other. That's why we need the body of Christ. And, you know, anyway, so that's a little bit about evangelism. Dude, that (laughs) is so, no,
1: that's so good. Um, So tell me a little bit about your heart for um, these revival services that you just keep doing. Like, like, like why beyond? So we have church every Sunday, like a lot of a lot of people have churches every Sunday. And so I'm curious, like, um, what's the what's the the vision and and the mission of these revival services that you're doing?
3: Yeah, man. So what I love about these, what the revival services that I've been doing, um, a lot of them, you know, I, I really want to gear it all towards reconciliation to get people to come back to God. And I want people to see that the church really can become one. You know, yeah. I mean, here, here's my heart. And I, and I know my calling is evangelism. And really, you know, they call me a revivalist. You know, I believe I'm an evangelist, but I just, I don't know, man, I got this fire within me. I don't know. It's a Holy Spirit fire. I don't know. Yeah, I just could Every time I start to preach, I just something, you know, the Holy Spirit comes upon me and I just, I just let it go, you know? And so I just preach to people about everybody becoming one and how, listen, God doesn't see denominations. Like you can be in a denomination I'm not against denominations, but we need to be one as Jesus prayed in John 17. They become one as we become one. Yeah. And so when I do these church revival services, I'm like, listen, guys, we have this church here. We got this church here. We got the Church of God here. We got the Baptist Church here. We got the Methodist Church here. We got the Catholic Church here, man. We got, the, we got all the Catholics and the Protestants. I mean, everybody's coming, but we're going under the banner of Jesus. You know, we're sure. not going under, you know, any other thing. And, you know, I do... I am a little more focused on, you know, the miraculous, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I do, you know, I do advertise, say, hey, I'm going to believe God, that you know, he's still a healer, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And and so I tell people, I'm going to preach the gospel. And according to Mark 16, it says, believers shall lay hands on a sick and they shall recover. And, you know, it, God's going to confirm his word. So we just... We, 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 we do these revival services. I preach people about the goodness of God, the kindness of God, leading people to repentance. And then, you know, asking them just to go deeper in their walk with God and sharing my story with them about how I always believed in Jesus. I believed that I was going to get into heaven one day. But I believe Jesus paid a higher price than that. Jesus paid for us to, to heaven to get back inside of us, yeah. that we can be new creations here on the earth now. You know, We can live this life and we can live in the benefits of you know living in the kingdom now is what I would say. And that's just a down payment. We only have a down payment. Like obviously I do believe that Christ is gonna return and we're gonna go and, and you know, man, I can't wait to get on the other side of, to heaven one day. But until we get there, we have a job to do here on the earth now. And there's souls out there that need to hear about Jesus. And his goodness. And that he still does the miracles and the signs and the wonders that he was doing back then. He's still doing them now, but he does them within his people, you know, mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. in us is the hope of glory. And so we have a hope within us that the world needs, you know, and so what I, I go out, I preach that message and That's uh, awesome. you know, people, I love that they get, they get fired up. And yeah, so it's the main thing is just getting people reconnected back to God and getting them on fire for God that God is He's a good God. He's fun. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, its this is, you know, w- our country was founded one nation under God. This is what I'm big. Of. I love our country. I love this country. And we have to get back to biblical principles. We have to get back to what this country was founded on. I mean, yeah, yeah it just, it is what it is. That's why our country is such a great country, you know? And yeah. so I love this country. I believe that we're going to get back to see this revival and, and that righteousness and, you know,
0: all that stuff's coming. So Thanks. Anyway. Yeah, The Good Co. podcast is better when you're part of it. You can reach out to the show, ask questions, and share feedback by leaving a message on our page at myhopefm.net.
2: Thank you for sharing all your heart on that. If um, somebody, if you want someone to take away just one thing from this, what's like a sentence that you have if they only hear one thing you have to say, what do you want it to be?
3: Yeah, I just want y'all to know that you have a purpose, a greater purpose. And here's the thing that I talk to a lot of Christians about, and they don't understand this, that... If God really is who he says he is, then God knows for your life better than what you know mm. for your life. That's good. That's very and Come so on. If, man, if you were to just yield and surrender and say, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, God, but I believe you. I trust you. I have a purpose. And God will take what the enemy meant for evil and he will turn it into good no matter what situation you're in. If God can use a 14-year drug addict like me and change my life and use me for the gospel and send me all over the state and wherever to preach his word he can use you in any capacity but it's up to you to decide are you going to give it all to him Mm. Mm. and if you give it all to him he will show you a better life and he'll give you potential purpose and ultimately your eternal destiny can be changed by giving you confess with your mouth believe in your heart that jesus is lord and that god really did raise him from the dead and you want to receive his holy spirit and you want to be a new creation could Today could be the day mm. that you decide a whole new life is better and waiting for you. Mm. Make and, Jesus Lord and Savior today. And
1: if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to make that decision, please reach out to us. Our website is myhopefm.net. Uh, click on air, click podcast, click our faces right there. And then just just reach out to us or even give us a call if, if you can find our number right there on our website as well. We would love to walk you through that. Yeah. Um, and lastly, Justin, I just... Um if, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to get a hold of you in any way, is there a way that they can do that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a Facebook page, uh, Kingdom Fire Ministries. Um, you could email email me at admin at kingdomfire.us. You can check out our website, www.kingdomfire.us um we have a lot of different events we have a lot of different outreaches i would love to i would love to meet you i'd love to pray for you if you're struggling with addiction if you're struggling with something and you need somebody to pray for you call hope fm call me mm-hmm. um, my number is listed yeah. on the website uh, email me, get a, Get involved, you know, and um, yeah, yeah that, that would be the best way, Facebook thank, or email.
2: Thank yeah. you so much, Justin. We really appreciate yeah. you coming on and sharing your heart and your story a little bit. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go.
0: Thanks for clicking play on the Good Co. podcast. To hear another episode or to get a hold of the show, visit myhopefm.net and click podcast.